What is up, plant people? It is Tuesday, May 19th, 2020, and I'm back with you today with another episode of the Planthropology Podcast, the show where we dive into the lives and careers of some really, really cool plant people. This is Vikram Baliga, your host, and I'm excited to be back for another one. Uh, today's episode is totally rad, and uh, I got to talk with Abby Morrison from the Field Lab Earth Podcast, which is produced by the American Society. Society of Agronomy, the Crop Science Society of America, and the Soil Science Society of America, which is a mouthful. We sometimes just call it the Tri Societies, uh, or we pick the one that we're most familiar with or most associated with and go with that one. But it is a group of all these professional societies of people in agriculture and plant sciences, and it's really a cool deal. Um, more on that in a minute. First, again, we have a partner in not crime, but a partner in show, and that is Pecan Ridge. So if you need pecans, uh, really cool, just stuff, local stuff um, for the Lubbock area or cool hats or pecan flavored candy or if you need some pecan shelled go hit them up check out pecanridge.com and use promo code plant people all one word at checkout for 10 percent off your order they'll ship it right to your door and you'll get some really cool pecan stuff and again it's not called pecans i'm just that's a hill i'm willing to die on next i have a new show coming out sort of well, not sort of. I do have a new show coming out. Uh, if you'll remember, um, a few episodes ago, I had a guest named Erfan Vafai, who was uh, an entomologist. Well, he came to me a few weeks ago and said, hey, I'm thinking about ta- uh, starting a podcast. Uh, do you have some tips? And what I didn't realize was, do you have some tips means do you want to co-host this show with me? Well, either way, the answer was yes. So uh, starting on June 9th, we'll be releasing the Jolly Green Scientists podcast where we will take a paper or two every episode, either from entomology or horticulture, and discuss it. So we're going to take these journal articles that are written in oftentimes some technical jargon and other silliness, and we're going to distill them down and tell you the high points. And uh, I'm a ridiculous human, and he is a hilarious stand-up comedian, an improv um, comedian, in addition to being a really fabulous scientist. So I think you're really going to like that show. Stick around till the end of this episode for a preview Uh, a short trailer of the Jolly Green Scientists podcast. I'm really excited about it. Again, that is June 9th. You'll hear about it more between now and then. So, Abby Morrison. Uh, I feel like I found a kindred spirit in Abby. Now, I was uh, last week actually on the Field Lab Earth podcast. And if you'd like to hear about some of my research, that'll be linked in the show notes. But go check that out. It was really fun talking to her. But, um, We get into like story structure and nerdiness and we talk about Lord of the Rings and science and the universe and life in this episode today. And I guys, I'm just so excited for you to hear it. It was wonderful. Um, I really had a lot of fun talking to Abby. She's a wonderful host. So definitely check out her show. And it turns out she's a really great podcast guest as well. So buckle up. Put on your hats, take off your shoes. I don't know why you need to do those things, but do them and get your auditory organs ready for episode 17 of the Planthropology Podcast.
All right. Well, we are alive. Um, Abby, how are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing super. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Are you uh, holding up okay in the middle of all the craziness right now? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty introverted normally, so so that's very fortunate. I can work from home, so that's very lucky in a lot of ways. So yeah, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. That is good. Well, and and so I don't. We're recording on what April seventh, and this will come out sometime in May. So who knows what the world will look like in four or five weeks when this comes out? But uh, you know, hopefully, future us is are, are not in. Um, quarantine anymore and we're able to go out in the world and do things but we'll see i've i've been okay i think uh i'm i'm probably a little more extroverted so i'm only losing my mind a little bit but it's okay i've just been putting googly eyes on my plants and it's okay i love that i've been following that on twitter and i am very engaged as that (laughs) audience I'm, I'm glad to hear it because it's just to give me someone to talk to in the greenhouse. So, um, Abby, tell me about what you do, um, who you work for, what your job is, all that fun stuff. Sure. So I work for a company called Access. Um, we're the Alliance of Crop Soil and Environmental Science Societies, which is why we have an acronym. And uh, we're the management uh, company for the American Society of Agronomy, Crop Science Society of America, and Soil Science Society of America. So we handle all of their meetings, certifications, publications, really just help them uh, do what they need to do to function as societies. I work in the publications department where I help authors get through the peer review system. And I also run our podcast, Field Lab Earth. Which I love, by the way. I, I, re- I really enjoy it. Great. Um, so how how did y'all, as a, I guess as an organization and as the um, uh, Tri-Societies or whatever, get into podcasting? Where did that um, whole idea come from? Yeah, so this was actually pretty neat. Uh, when I first started there in early 2017, I had this awesome boss, uh, Brett Holty. But unfortunately, like two months after I started, he actually took another job. But he was super cool. And he was like, what do you want to do that I can try to set up for you like before I leave on my way out? Is there anything you want to try? And I was like, well, uh, I've been doing some proofing on some of our magazines and and going into this job, I ha- I do not come from an ag or science background at all. And I was reading these articles. And I was like, man, this stuff is so cool. But when I try to explain my job, people are like, what is agronomy? <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. did you eat today? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> agronomy probably helps that to happen. Um, but I just... Uh, I do a lot of creative writing. I love authors. I love writers. And I was like, I would love to be able to just help people promote what they're doing because it's so cool and nobody knows that this exists. Um, So I asked if I could do a podcast and they were like, sure. And I was like, cool. I have no idea how to do any of this. And they're like, (laughs) cool. Just try it. See what happens. Um, Great, great place to work in in that they're so willing to be like, just try it. And uh, and then things kind of just went from there. That's really cool. And it, it's so cool to work for an organization. And, and and my university has been largely the same way, except you have one up on me. You actually asked before you did it. I was just like, well, I'm going for it and maybe they won't fire me, but um, which they didn't. So yeah, good on them, I guess. But no, that's really cool to be part of an organization that is um, 
supportive of innovation and supportive of new ideas and new ways to present information. Because if we're being honest, and I think that our listeners uh, probably expect that at this point, but academia and agriculture and some of the sciences are maybe not the first to innovate in terms of outreach and that kind of stuff. Now, we innovate, I think, in the subject matter pretty well, and we're you know trying new things, but when it comes to taking our information and throwing it out in the public, uh, that's maybe not at the forefront a lot. So it's really cool being a part of an organization that'll let you do that. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so cool. Uh, I love it. That's great. So you said that you don't come from a uh, science background or an agricultural background and um, that, you know, some of your experiences in creative writing. What has it been like um, going from that to having to read the boring, ridiculous articles that we academics write? Um, so it, it's pretty interesting because um, so I don't do a lot of reading unless it's for uh the, the podcast, if I see like a, t- a title that catches my attention. So pro tip, like try to find a title that the average person <laughs> can read uh, would maybe be uh, a little tidbit for anyone who's interested. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting because there are some really cool correlations between just story at large and science, um, which I think are really interesting. And it's also interesting um, just seeing the differences in like the publishing worlds between uh, creative and academic is really interesting. So those those have been some cool, cool things to just experience, I guess. Yeah. Can you I mean, do you mind touching on that a little bit? Just some of the differences you've seen between creative and and academic, because, you know, personally, I if if I had my way, I would write more creatively all the time, you know, and and I think that's that ekes into my um, academic writing sometimes. And then, you know, reviewer two is always mad at me. They're like, you don't need all these extra words. Stop it with the extra words. So in, in the world of publishing, what what are some of those differences that you've seen? Um, I mean, I think primarily just the experience of of submitting things, I think, would be very different. So um, for me, uh, as a creative writer, if there are certain people that it's like, if you submit to us once and we don't like it, like never again, don't don't even try. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So so it's it's pretty extreme. Um, Whereas like in my job, a lot of times it's like, hey, just, you know, don't don't do that again. You know, like, like remember to add line numbers or, you know, I work, I work very much on the, uh, kind of the front end, just making sure that it's formatted correctly for review. Um, so it's interesting to, to see some of those differences or, um, and, and I guess, uh, speaking as an analogy, maybe, um, if you were submitting like a creative, like a book, you would have like your abstract, and in your like within your cover letter to convince an agent to represent you, and if they don't like it, they're like never again. Oh wow! <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So it's very different um, <laughs> as far as like just getting that entry level thing. Um, there's you know there's gatekeepers in in both worlds. Um, sure. The, yeah. You know there's more uh, academic rigor, obviously in in academic publishing than there is in. In uh, creative publishing, they're not going to nail you on every scientific fact in creative writing. Um, but yeah, it's it's very different, but it's it's fun to see. That that is pretty cool. So as we were um, 
discussing some of you know discussing having this interview and all of that over the past couple of days um you self-identify as a plant murderer and um (laughs) so uh which i think we all are and i think that that's that's interesting that you say that because people people say it to me all the time like oh i kill a bunch of plants i'm like do you have any idea how many plants we kill (laughs) in plant research like millions of plants so um Okay, so you've covered a wide variety of, of topics and mm-hmm. uh, a ton of different things. You know, again, everything from um, 350 years of soil phosphorus to plant blindness, which, by the way, I loved the plant blindness episodes. Oh, that one was so fun. So fascinating. So fascinating. So um, what, like, what so far has been your favorite thing that you've learned? It may be hard to nail that down, but maybe what are a couple of, like, really interesting tidbits you've picked up? Oh man, that that is a very hard question. Yeah, I'm um, sure. <laughs> now I feel like I should pull up the website. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're talking like scientific facts, I think the plant blindness one was was a really fun one. Um, I I think something that's been uh, really fun to learn is just all of the different areas that this that uh, these kinds of science touch and how interconnected they are. Um, Cause I'll have frequently episodes that you'd think would be completely unrelated. And you're like, Oh yeah, we talked about that on a different episode or um, yeah. It just uh, seeing the different places that people do their work is another, is another cool thing because speaking to your point about, you know, kind of maybe that stereotype of, egg and and that kind of field not not being great at at communicating some of those things um that was one of the biggest surprises when i started at my job was just like oh we're learning about soil on the moon and like nobody yeah. knows that yeah. we're doing this <laughs> like and and then you know i meet people uh you know i virtually meet people i guess sure. um <laughs> but they're like yeah i had to like portage all of my stuff to live for like weeks and also all of this scientific communication like and equipment stuff uh for miles and miles into the woods (laughs) (laughs) and i got eaten alive or i'm off in a jungle somewhere or i'm just like all these different places and you would never know or like the cool technology we had a guy who was um He's like, I'm learning how to phenotype seeds with basically like do-it-yourself equipment and open source coding so that you don't have to sit there with the tweezers and count seeds for forever. And it's just stuff you would never expect. Uh, and it's so cool. And they're the nicest, coolest people. They're they're so humble and cool um, and funny. They're just awesome people to work with. I don't know if that answers your question well or not. But. No, it, it really does. It really does. And and so one of the reasons I even got into doing this podcast thing was for the same reason you just said is that, you know, my, my background's a little bit different. I am an academic, but I was an extension for a while. And so, I, you know, that experience gave me this passion for putting this scientific message out to the community uh, and doing it in a way that is packaged appropriately for general audiences, you know, whoever's listening to it. But what I started to find and, and through my own experience and through listening to a couple of different podcasts, um, about scientists and about science. I love, I, I nerd out on science podcasts, like hardcore. Uh, there's one called ologies. That was a big like inspiration oh, for sure. me getting into this. And, um, but yeah, the stories are so interesting and like we maybe don't do a good job and, and of, of, 
I don't know what the best way to say this is. Maybe maybe humanizing our research and humanizing our it, our our fields. There's so much jargon and there's so much you know real serious hard science that we do that you start throwing jargon at the average person and they're like, oh, okay, I don't, I, I'm bored. I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear about this. So, um, you know, something we, we talked about covering, which I think I'd really like to talk about, you know, maybe for most of the rest of the time we have is, um, so as someone coming into this as a, a non-scientist, non-ag person, plant murderer, um, I'm going to keep calling you that. I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, it's okay. fair. It's deserved. <laughs> um, what is your perspective on telling this story as not someone necessarily from the outside, but someone who's maybe not doing the actual science work? How do you tell that story? How should we as scientists be telling that story? Sure. Uh, so the first one that I that you kind of mentioned already, um, just as maybe unrelated to the general vast story of piecing this together is jargon and i would say it what's what's nice being a non-expert in any of these things um is that i i always joke and tell people that i'm like the low bar they have to duck under to communicate their science (laughs) Um, i i I would disagree with you but anyway go on i mean like i'm smart but i don't know any of this stuff and so so that's um you know you also uh were on our show and you know i sent out that worksheet and i'm like explain words to me that you use that i don't understand and so it's really it's it's kind of cool being the non-expert to kind of come in and be like okay I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Please explain this in a more simple way. And helping people um, find ways to do that is is really fun for me. Um, as a creative writer, um, using analogies or metaphors is always really fun to help come up with those. And I have to give credit to my coworker, Susan Fist. She does a ton of training. She um, She's the head of our science commu- uh, science communications department at my work. And she's always like, jargon 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 (laughs) get rid of it Um, because it really is like you are communicating with another person and I think you know it's not communicating in the sense of like a bullhorn where you're just shouting out what you're doing you have to communicate at the level of your audience and so if they don't understand what you're talking about in these jargon terms, they're not going to be able to pick up that passion that you have for it because it's just there's this veil of like not not being able to understand even if they want to. And they want to like people love hearing about what people are passionate about. That's part of why I wanted to do the show is because that I just love it and I and people love to hear it. Um, so I think that's kind of uh, maybe the first thing that I would I would look at. Um, but then there so. I guess if you were trying to trying to find a way to communicate your science as a story, um, story has a lot of structure built into it. And I think people don't think that it does. And that's a lie. (laughs) Um, I've I've recently been doing a deep dive on plot structure. I I adore it. That's my like nerd out area. Um, But uh, I took a I took a, a retreat class kind of thing last summer um, with a guy named Tim Storm. He's a wonderful editor, if any creative writers out there are looking. Um, And he kind of boils down story to like stasis and then a change and then a new normal. And that's like scientific progress in a nutshell, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have a problem and then you address it and then you have like a new state where you've 
advanced and grown as a person. Um, so it's it's cool to to just see those those um, similarities and maybe be able to use those to give you a lot of focus um, would be like another tip is just trying to figure out like what is what is the through line of what you're trying to say and then all all the stuff on the sides all the jargon um, even sometimes like uh, getting really nitty gritty about like methods that people are like I don't know what that method means um, like that kind of thing or equations that um, you know, that kind of thing, being able to really condense that into like one thing is, is really helpful. Yeah. And that's, and, and you may or may not realize this, but I think the, the, what everything you just said about, um, how part of your job and, and let me back up a little bit. This is, this was going to be a long rambling thing. Let me back up a little bit. Um, I really appreciated you sending me that, um, you know, question sheet before, because, uh, I, I mentioned that I, I'm very much a fly by the seat of my pants kind of human. And so like when we're doing this, I, I blank out for days and then have to come back. But, um, it forced me, you know, even though I just wrote this paper and just have done this research and it's fresh in my mind, it forced me to critically reevaluate the way that I presented it. And I, I don't know if you know how important that is for an academic, because I think we've all had that teacher and that college professor, whoever, who is, you know, maybe the smartest human in the world, but then they try to convey that information to you. And it's like, I, you know, even at the PhD level, when I've been taking courses at the PhD level, I've had professors tell me things and I'm like, listen, I've been doing this for 10 years and I have no idea what you just said to me. Right. And so I think the, the service that you're providing through the education kind of back to us, even just through what you're doing is so important. And I don't know if you've thought of it in those terms, but from where I sit, that is like, something that we need so badly in the sciences is people that are willing to take um, everything you just said, uh, story structure, everything from, um, you know, what you mentioned of, of the, the three parts of a story, the three basic parts of a story and teach us that because those are the things we need to learn as scientists and as communicators and all of that. So I think that's really cool. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, here's a here's a mind blowing thing. First of all, my heart just like fluttered a little bit of like teach people's story, and I was like, oh my gosh, I would love that. <laughs> so just had like a little nerd out moment. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, mind mind blower here is that that worksheet that I sent. I mean, pretty much follows the scientific method. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what we structure our show yeah. off of, yeah, and yeah. so it's. It's funny that you should say like, oh, I had to completely like reevaluate it when it is in fact like so much of it just follows very basic scientific method. Oh, yeah. No. And it really did. And, and thinking back over it, no, it's like, OK, what was your introduction? What was the point? You know, what were your methods in a practical way? But I think we get so lost in the data and the writing and the whole process that we forget that the scientific method exists for a reason. And that reason is to, and this is going to maybe sound a little more um, philosophical than a lot of people look at it, but I think the scientific method is us trying to tell the story of the universe, right? Yeah. It's, it's oh, gosh, yeah. how do we take the complexity that is 
everything around us and distill it into knowledge. And but we don't look at it that way. We look at it as experiments and data and all those things. But there's for me, there's this grander um mission that we have to have. And and I think it's important that we keep those things in mind. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to I'm going to give you a book recommendation here. I'm actually okay. reading this book. It's called Wired for Story. Um, and I think the author's name is Lisa Cron. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a link, uh, okay. which doesn't help the listener. But look it up. Right. Wired, Wired for Story. They can, It'll be they in can the notes somewhere. They're fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's actually this lady is like a neuroscientist um, and she applies neuroscience to like storytelling structure and what you need to tell a good story. And the first part of her book is like, we tell stories because we need to learn how to live on earth. And like, she talks about, you know, like, Hey, uh, Billy stepped on a fire once and got really hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Like moral, don't, don't step on a fire. And like, that's a thing. Yeah. Don't do the thing or or do do the thing, Um, you know, like Harry added these nutrients to his plants and they lived better or yielded more. Like that's that's the story of your science. And that's why we tell stories is to learn things and explore things. Um, She talks a lot about um, like we tell stories to to learn also. Um, I've experienced that myself of just like, hey, what do I think about this thing? Well, let me write about it and then I'll figure it out as I go along. And um, that's that is also science is yeah. what do I know about this? How can I add to that? And and then how do I pass that knowledge on to others? And storytelling is like the oldest method to tell other people stuff that you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. And yeah, no, and that would be I wish they would. Uh, okay, so you you probably have learned this by now, but I'm like a big like sci-fi and fantasy nerd. I like yeah. really enjoy that stuff. I wish they would make every academic read Tolkien and dissect it because that is like if you look at story structure and the hero's journey or the, the monomyth or whatever you want to call it. For me, uh, I've read that the whole Lord of the Rings series and all the nerdy side things a lot. (laughs) Um, um, But it does such a good job of teach. It taught me how to tell a story. I Mm. read I think I read Lord of the Rings the first time when I was like 11 years old or something. And, you know, I didn't understand most of what I was reading, but it started to teach me how to communicate about life in a lot of ways. And, you know, again, I'm a super nerd about that stuff. But again, I I think that we should work more of that into our academic curriculum. I think we need to know that. Yeah, I I think every human should read Tolkien regardless (laughs) of if they are an academic or not. Yes, Personally speaking. Agreed. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I think... um, it, and it, and it makes things more fun too cuz right like i think science gets this bad rap of like being boring or like being like all, all scientists are in lab coats please don't cut that out of context <laughs> so that's going to be the um, that's going to be the episode title um, abby morrison all scientists it. are in lab coats <laughs> yep classic me um but i mean but that's like part of why we do the show is to be like no like they're out there like in in the field in the woods in the like in a lagoon, just hanging out with oysters, like they're doing what they do. And and so I think it is it is finding ways to make it fun. I, I think it's great. We had a paper just come in the other day and it literally had a quote from Princess Bride in the title. And I was immediately like, 
I please accept this so I can interview this person. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> it was amazing. And I was just like, I want more stuff like that. And I think, you know, especially as we move into more, you know, open access things, like that's something I think about a lot is like, you know, if your paper is open access, you know, with the theory of like everyone should have access to the science, mm-hmm. are you making it accessible through the way that you're writing about it? And is it is it something that, you know, um, obviously the whole open access uh, discussion has been on the table for, for years and years sure, and years yeah. and will continue for years and years, I'm sure. But, you know, if you are writing an open access paper, are you writing it on a level that's going to be helpful to the people who are actually trying to read it or or do we need to look at the way that we teach academics to write Mm -hmm. to be more appropriate to an open access setting you know because if it's not just going to be read by 20 people who all have 14 phds in this field (laughs) like you know you should probably make it a little bit easier or you're still only going to have those 20 people read it anyway because they're the only people who can understand it so yeah (laughs) well yeah well no absolutely and then in you know, and then also maybe uh, adding extension style publications in with like in the same. So we take these things and we divide them out. Right. And it's like you've got extension over here and you've got like uh, I'm not going to say academia is separate, but we have like all our journal articles over here. And, you know, it's like extension has their own journals and uh, other uh, organizations have their own. And that's fine. But gosh, wouldn't it be nice to have some of that in the same place? So, you know, you get a. um you know, article about whatever water conservation or whatever that has all the the jargon. But then in the sidebar, it's like, well, here's three extension articles that talk about it. Here's how you can actually take this information and apply it to your life. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been working at access for uh, about three years now and I literally just learned what extension was officially. Right. (laughs) Um, Like when I was doing the plant blindness episode, which was Mm -hmm. like, Uh, two months ago or something like that because I just it's it's a weird ecosystem to to navigate all of the different pieces in ag but it's really fun to to learn about all of them and and I would love if they came together um more often so that it wouldn't take me three years to to learn that yeah but also I just didn't ask sometimes when it came up because I didn't want to look dumb so that's also partly on me oh that that I they'll put that on my tombstone he didn't ask because he didn't want to look dumb I I'm I'm so guilty of that all the time I'm like oh no I should know this so I'm just gonna pretend like I do or just that's the human experience I think I think it is just (laughs) oh man that's that's really funny but no I I I kind of love where this conversation has gone just because that it it Science communication lives so close to my heart because that is what I feel um, we should be doing. And and maybe it's just because of my background. Maybe it's because of the way I've come into all this. But um, I, I think that the future of academia is going to have to change. I, I, I think that the way that we've been operating, and I've said this before on the podcast, and I've said this to people who gave me dirty looks for saying it, and I don't care because it's the truth. The way that we have been operating for the past I don't know, maybe maybe since the uh, uh, beginnings of academia, but definitely for the past like 30, 40 years of, I don't know, circling the wagons, so to speak. And, and the way that um, 
you know, and I, I know that you maybe can't say this as someone who works for a publishing company, but I sure can, uh, <laughs> uh, that, you know, we take, we take the information and it's not that we hide it intentionally, but we gatekeep it, like you said earlier, in a lot of ways. And I think the future of academia in so many ways has to be opening the gates, you know, uh, and, and letting the people who paid for the research understand the research. Um, and so that, you know, it's, that's not a small task. And I think we're all, you know, kind of working in our own ways to address that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of, all of my opinions are my own. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> like, just so you know, uh, if anyone's mad, just be mad at me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's so fun about it too, is it's like you care about the research that you do and I I know it's hard for me when I care about things but can't get other people to care about them. Sure, and yeah. it's not to say that I want everybody that I meet to become a creative writer. Like, that's fine. Um, less competition for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but I think being able to communicate the stuff that you care about in a way that people can see that it's important and has value is huge. And that's part of why we started the podcast. It's part of why I love podcasts. I love listening to yours and all of the other ones that we just goof off with. On I know, I know. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it's, it's important to be able to know how to tell other people about the things that you love. It's super important. For sure. And, and actually, so that, that leads me to something I kind of wanted to touch on. Um, we, uh, uh, I hate Twitter. And and I will stand by that till the day I die. I hate Twitter. However, um, I feel like we have this weird little uh, pod science podcast tribe that we found <laughs> on Twitter. And like, it, they're just the coolest people. Yeah. Like, just the coolest people. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they're great. I, I enjoy that immensely. I I uh, personally am not on Twitter or Facebook anymore. Like I just got mm -hmm. off because I and I was like, this just stresses me out. That's and wise, I don't want to I be think. here. <laughs> and so I got off. And like now that I'm on it for my job, I'm like, yeah, but like I love seeing <laughs> what these people are up to. And it's 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 a blast. I really like it. Yeah. So that's that's been fun just getting to make some, um, you know, Twitter friends and just I don't know, uh, you know, and, and we cover, I think. Podcast Twitter is really if you're if you're a podcaster out there and you're not part of the podcast Twitter community, I think you should be because it's really strong and it's really helpful. And I think that like everyone I've interacted with um, through Facebook and Instagram, too, but really on Twitter, primarily, if I've had questions or if I've had issues with the podcast and I throw something out there, gosh, people are so cool about being like, well, here's what worked for me. Here's what didn't work. Uh, let me send you some resources. Let me help. And, and it's just been really a cool thing. Yeah, it's a cool space for sure. Uh, especially since I have no idea what I'm doing. I just make this up as I go. But um, Also the human experience. <laughs> yeah, my tombstone's getting pretty long. I don't, we're going to have to get a big one. Um, so we'll kind of start um, um, working on wrapping up a little bit. But um, so one thing I ask all my guests or try to remember to ask all my guests, there's a couple I've forgotten because, you know, but um, – so if, if there was, and, and we've talked about a lot of things, but if there was like one thing, um, whether it be about communicating science or just about 
telling a good story in general. Actually, I like that. If there was one thing you could tell the people listening or a couple of things about telling a good story, what would that be? Oh, man, that is the hardest question. It's so hard. I'm sorry. I've ever gotten in my life. Um, maybe not in my life, I guess. That's a, tough <laughs> one. That's a little extreme. It's up there, though, right? Uh, yeah, it's up there. Um, man, I guess I guess one that pertains to my my personal life as well as podcasting life um, would be to pay attention to structure um, because that really helps you to figure out like what needs to be in the story and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just be like being aware of kind of the, um, a lot of people will call it like the story spine. Um, so really what is that like causal chain from start to finish that you want to explore? And then if anything doesn't fit on that spine or add to it in some way or connected to it, um, then you don't really need to have it there. Um, that helps me a lot with podcast editing too, because it like there's so many cool rabbit trails that we go off on, and I'm just like to to borrow like the writing expression of "kill your darlings," which is just like <laughs> it may be the best thing you've ever written, but if it doesn't work, like you have to get rid of it, and you yeah. have to be like ruthless about it. Um, so I guess that that's really helpful though to to really focus your message and and understand what you need to keep in there or not um, would be paying attention to structure, I guess. Okay, that's great advice. I mean, that's that's great advice as we write dissertations and papers and and, and stories and everything else is make sure it makes sense and tells the story you want to tell. I, I love it. I think it's yeah. great. But so, also get rid of good jargon. And, <laughs> Sneaking yeah. that on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's dial back the jargon, folks. You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was going to try to make a jargon joke and, and maybe I just don't know enough of it to throw one out there. <laughs> so we're just going to move on. Um, so where, I mean, you said that you're, you're mostly not doing the social media, which I think maybe makes you one of the smartest people I've ever talked to. Um, <laughs> Where, where do we find you? Uh, tell us about just some of the web presence and the social media presence for uh, Field Lab Earth and the other things you do. Yeah. Um, so I, um, for the podcast, we are at Field Lab Earth on Twitter. Um, the societies also have, um, the three societies I mentioned earlier, they also have Twitter accounts. Um, and our websites are agronomy.org, crops.org, and soils.org. Nice and easy. Um, we have our like Libsyn homepage. You can find us on pretty much any of your classic podcatcher kind of thing that you want to be on, aggregator, anything like that. Um, well, Abby, I think I could talk to you for hours about stories, but um, thanks so much for being on. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been such a blast. Very cool. Well, uh, thanks for listening as always. Um, I don't know what today is, but I'm sure voiceover Vikram will have told you what day it is and what's going on in the world if you you know, haven't been paying attention. But y'all are the best. Thanks for listening. And we will see y'all next time. You know, interviewer Vikram was right. Telling you what day it is, is one of voiceover Vikram's strong suits. <laughs> Y'all, thanks so much for listening. Um, I hope we inspired you to tell a good story. Whether it's a story of yourself or the story of the universe, just be telling good stories. As always, you can find us on the social medias anywhere you look. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Search for the word anthropology with a PL slapped on the front and look for the white tree. 
thanks as always for the Texas Tech Department of Plant and Soil Science for supporting me and supporting this show. Leave us a review on Podchaser or iTunes and send me a screenshot and I'll send you some stickers and a thank you note. And get yourself ready for the trailer of Jolly Green Scientist, which is going to start right meow. Hi, my name is Irfan with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. And I'm Vikram with Texas Tech University. And we are the Jolly Green Scientists, bringing you information from scientific literature and popular science articles related to the green industry straight into your eardomes. Each week, we'll take one or two papers that we found interesting and shared with each other, and we'll discuss them uh, in terms that anyone can understand. And even though we'll do it every week, we're only going to share it with you bi-weekly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>